Okay. Base of our lives. It is base of our lives. And we have a doozy of an episode for our first one, don't we? Yeah, it's pretty great to start off with uh, not only somebody we both know pretty well and uh, we're comfortable with, so it was pretty easy to start <laughs> with Richard, but also somebody who's so well regarded in Hawke's Bay and throughout New Zealand. So It's so comfy being around him. It's like, it's like being mm. in a conversational beanbag. Um, so yeah, this is what we're going to do is uh, speak to some of the more interesting people uh, in and around Hawke's Bay, maybe passing through, um, but we certainly have a lot of folks, as you'll see in the coming episodes, that um, you know, are, are worthy of our time that we're just hanging around Hawks Bay, you know? Yeah, but you know, our first guest, it was almost like a we're not worthy mm. moment, really, wasn't it? So Richard Brimmer, guys, is who we're talking to first and foremost. And you, if, if you know anything about New Zealand contemporary photography, New Zealand contemporary art, um, wine photography, um, Hawks Bay tourism photography, uh, just general all-round immaculately excellent photography you will have heard of Richard Brimmer and um, he's been born and born and raised in Hawke's Bay and lived out on the coast of uh, in a community called Te Awanga for decades and decades and decades and um, yeah you would have seen his work I think if you live in New Zealand (laughs) and you've seen like that amazing picture of Hawke's Bay somewhere whether it was a vineyard or not or just you know misty things going over tomato peak you know and um, he's the dude and that's the thing he's single-handedly once he started making these incredible photos of Hawke's Bay wineries you know these epic um, photos of great scale and landscape and you know they were promoted around New Zealand and overseas that really his imagery put Hawke's Bay on the map so it kind of makes sense that um that we'd get him on the show because he's I mean he likes wine yeah, and, and he it likes talking makes sense that we talked for an hour and a half yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we're really sorry so it's well, we're not sorry we're, no. we're actually really proud it's a great episode and but yes it is a little bit longer than what the uh, following episodes will be but um but we think he deserves it yeah, well, let's talk to Richard and uh, hope you guys enjoy this first episode. We were really excited about this new podcast we're doing and uh, a lot more great ones already in the bank coming down the road. So enjoy Richard Brimmer. Cheers. Say cheese. So we start where we go? Yeah, we can just go for it. Oh, yeah. right. Just keep going. That's a good place to start to... anyway. Do you want me to tell my wine story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, my wine story began... Um, <laughs> I left school at 15 because I, I discovered a surfboard at 14 and then my schooling just plummeted. So my dad said... Where were you at school? At St. John's College in Hastings. In Hastings. Fine and my school. dad said, you need to get a job because you're not making it at school so he got me a job at New Zealand Aerial Mapping as because I said he said what do you want to do and I said I want to be a photographer and as a kid I'd always taken photographs and my my parents had given me camera gear and stuff like that um so I was always pretty passionate about it and then I got a job at New Zealand Aerial Mapping which was in Hastings an institution it'd been here for a long time and a lot of people went through there and it was more darkroom work not flying but I did a they're still going, right? 
No, no, no? they've gone now. They've gone. Yeah. How long ago did they go? A couple of years. Um, okay, just because yeah. I remember some skydiver friends were working mm. for them. Yeah. So, um, and then I did a did the apprenticeship with them, but also a sort of a portrait photography diploma via what was the Hawke's Bay Polytech then, but the mule was now EIT. Anyway, I did that for three years, and working in a darkroom got to me in the end, so I finished and just went surfing. I was supposed to go for two weeks up to Mahia for a break and then come back and try and find a job, and ended up being two years. And came home, and my father said, you need to pull your life together a little bit because it, it got a bit relaxed. And <laughs> relaxed. Very polite and way of he, saying he, it. I said... I, and when I was at Mahi, all my buddies, they went to Montana or Corbin's and Gisborne and worked vintage, all my surf buddies up there. Right, okay. And made, over the two-month vintage period, made a lot of money because in those days you get double, triple time, all that sort of thing. So they made, so they go up there and do that and then come back to Mahi and live the rest of the year on what they'd earned. So I thought, shit, this is me. So I came back to, when I came back to Hastings, I went to Vitals and... Yep hit them up for a job and just bullshit my way in fairly much and they said yeah we'll employ you for vintage so first day Tony was doing his first vintage there and we hit it off so that's that's how the great um, combo of of Richard Brimmer and Tony Bish started started. what year was that 1981 I think 80 or 81 yeah and of course over the coming 10 years Vital's became the place like vitals well, was the, the wi- weekend party oh, place it was like the, the wine bar and the whole oh. thing and you know working vintage you'd go into the wine bar straight after work and you can imagine just yeah, it was it intense was a but i did three vint- and then like tony was there he was studying at wagga wagga maybe or roseworthy sure. possibly over in australia mm. and i just wanted to earn enough money to buy camera gear to freelance that was my goal he was in it for another reason I was definitely not there to learn about wine it was more as a consumer and money and anyway but every year I'd go back when Tony says he's going to work vintage so I'd end up going do my we did that for three years then it became Sacred Hill did you take photos of your time at Vital Hmm. with Tony oh god I'd love to see those yeah I've got shots of that so who was the winemaker then um I might say it Warwick Orchison. Warwick Orchison. Who's yeah. Let's just say he's he's, he's uh, yeah he's, he's okay. Um, he's, Wait a minute. He's in the government's. Um, yeah. He's, been he's in the care of the government. Then, can we they, say what he did or is this? No, let's not. Let's do it. People okay. can research their own. Okay, do yeah. your research. Yeah. All right. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> Beep. Anyway, so but, but then the next vintage, Kate Radburn started. That's right. And she and was young. She was ready. She was fresh out of Perth. I think yeah so Kate was the second wine she was the assistant winemaker and um, that's how I got to know Kate and and she yeah that was sort of the beginnings and then Tony morphed into Sacred Hill and then after that when he became Sacred Hill then I started doing my um, Salahand duties at Sacred Hill which was generally wine swaps up in the um, Dartmoor Valley yeah the Dartmoor Valley so I drive from Te Wonga to Dartmoor 
every day and do Jeez. quite often wouldn't get home because you just couldn't because <laughs> you just couldn't <laughs> <laughs> the options weren't there yeah. it's a long it's a long drive down sure, long from, drive from down the Tiawonga Beach to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. to Deeper Starka Startmore Valley I think that's I think the so way anyway, that, that yeah. and then Tony moved on to go down south and mm. did other things and then um, yeah but I just carried on photographing and then I when Tony came back to Hawke's Bay from the south, uh, we I started working with him, at, and then he became head winemaker at Sacred Hill again, mm. and then I just started the whole cycle again of working. And I think I ended up doing seven or eight vintages, maybe, but I'd always freelance yeah. photography the rest of the year. See, I, that's what I think people don't know about you, Brim, is that they know that you are famous locally and 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 internationally you know seriously for your wine and vineyard photography which is eye-poppingly you know beautiful you you just have this incredible eye people know you for that but people don't know that you actually worked in wine and that you were a seller at you know and a vintage head like did you know that i i only knew through other people but i did yeah it's probably, it probably was after seeing me around a half a dozen times. You know? And this documentary I'm working on at the moment. Yes, which is tell us story. about that. Tell so us about the documentary. that exact story, um, which is fairly much the, it's called 40 Vintages, and it's because I've done, this year coming is my 40th vintage I've photographed, so uh, it's a little bit about that tale, and it starts off with, if all things go, I've got Karen Hay doing the voiceovers, um, but I've included musicians as well, so because a lot of I work in the music industry a lot with yeah. different bands. And is it self-funded? Did you are you doing it yourself, um, or have you managed yeah, to get some no, funding? No, no, I'm doing it myself. Yeah, but we're going through. We're getting sponsors, so that I've only just started. Basically, how it is, it, it's basically the story of my wine life. But I start with Tony. Um, I won't let too much out of the bag, mm. but start with Tony, and then I go to Kate, and then I go to Steve Smith, who was, Craigie who was, and well, no, Villa. That he was he was Villa, he was That's Vitals right. and Villa, he was a Villa group mm. as a viticulturalist, and then it just pyramids down to, or, so one interview leads to the next, and it can go, but I'm doing all sorts of people. So you've um, got old, you've got previous okay. footage, you've got older footage of. Um, well, no, I'm mixing the 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 doc the, my. Basically, it's, uh, the, the actual um, interviews with each are quite structured, but they've mixed up with still photographs from the era. So it stills it, but that's sort of in, that's in black and white. Huh. It's, it's quite an art house film as opposed to a, anything to country calendar. So focused on um, film festivals in the future, that kind of it's, thing. We've got it the arts festival and the film festival, but the arts festival version will be set to live music. So I'll have I've got That's a great so idea. far I've got four bands that have put their hand up for it. Um, Can you tell us who they are? So far, Lawrence four. Arabia, great. Connor Moccasin, um, Black Smoke Trigger, Jacob. Oh, wow! Not quite Jacob. They've given me the music, but they haven't. I haven't hit them with the live thing. Oh, Jeff, if you hear this. <laughs> More yeah. Oh my god, that's good. that'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, there's a beautiful song that they do that I want, I'm using in the doco that I love, and that is because what I'm going to do is film next vintage, and I'm going to be in a camera on a move, you know, 
I'm going to shoot some video myself. I've got my cam- cameraman buddy doing some, and I'm working with another guy, Danny. Will- you know, Danny, yep. Danny Williams. He's yep. he's helping me as well. So and who's your co- cameraman budget buddy? Like? I'm using Grant and another guy, Grant Mayer. Oh yeah. And another guy. I'm, I won't say because he's said he's, he's big, but um, we haven't had an official use yet. This is so exciting. So it'll be fun, and it's um, it's a whole mix. It's sort of the wine story, but I'm trying to make it interesting, and it's a bit about my life as well because it's it touches on a whole bunch mm. of things that have gone on. And Tony, it, you know, it's yeah, it'll be an interesting tale, but it's exciting being in the arts festival. Plus, I've got the Hiratonga Arts Inc. space for a month, um, which will be the big. That'll be an exhibition and running in conjunction, and that's where I want to have events like for the RSE workers and yes. the, I want to show them the love and you know, just do all sorts of things that celebrate the Hawke's Bay wine industry. And it's a, and it's a bit of a thank you from 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 me to those that have backed me over, or you know, the wine industry has been really good to me over the years. And we'll be back after the break. How do everyone? My name's Yvonne Lawkin and I'm the co-founder and chief tasting officer of winefringe.co.nz, the best wine subscription service in all the land. And it's the best because my team and I hunt high and low to find delicious wines that we match to your individual taste buds. We do, by science. And then we deliver them to your door at a price and frequency that suits you. Essentially, we match wine to people. Now, we know you want to try new wines. We know you're curious, but we also know that it's really hard to break free from those boring, same old, same olds from the supermarket. So we take the hassle and the guesswork out of choosing great wines because if I know how your taste buds work, then you can trust me to go and find those wines for you. And it's super easy to do. So go to winefriend.co.nz, click on Get Started to fill out our fun questionnaire that helps me understand how you taste wine, choose a plan that suits your budget, choose your combo of red and whites, choose your delivery frequency, pop in your payment and delivery details, and then sit back and wait for a whole new world of wine to open up. And... If you use the word Yvonne as your promo code, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, then you'll automatically receive an insanely excellent 24% off your first subscription case. Yes! So the plans are flexible, you're not locked into anything, you can buy more of the wines you love with a simple click or tap and become a wine friend. We'll all live happily ever after. Cheers! Okay, let's get back to the show. I think some, um, and and I'm just fresh off having a bad experience with this, which I could I'd love to tell you guys this story. Um, what? I think what? I think What's I'll go back to it. And it's, it's it's funny more than okay. terrible. Um, but I think one thing from my view about Richard, when when you said, you know, how I found out about is all of a sudden you were just there taking pictures, <laughs> but you were always cool. And always knew how to just kind of fade. And that is so important with photographers, especially when you're trying to get an inside look to any industry or anything. And, you know, wine's kind of, I guess, perceived as pretty cool and we're working hard. And so you kind of, yeah, you wanted some photos and some doc- documentation of this, but you're like, you also don't want to be in the way. Oh, but you yeah. knew exactly, uh, you know, and so when I found out that, oh, yeah, you've, we've actually worked vintage and everything, you knew exactly how to pop in and pop out and and how to talk to people and knew what you wanted to grab Mm -hmm. and everything so it it was very easy 
it's always been very easy when you're around, you know yeah, what I mean? Which, yeah. which is great. And that, and, yeah. and that's why you probably get all the good stuff, you know? And it's just like, I don't know, a rock photographer or something They're They're obviously very talented, but yeah. they, they get respect by the artist cause they just kind of, they know where to be. They're I cool. Know how to position you know, that's themselves. at the end of the day, they're yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm working on, <laughs> what little, are you working on? We're, we're, we got some footage during vintage of video mm. uh, that we're working on some video and doing a little, um, like, just a kind of a promotional slash, I would not say documentary, but it's like, uh, just, uh, it's probably more geared towards the trade about the story from Philly to, to New Zealand. So we had a local videographer, and then I, when I went to Philly this on this past trip, I had to get a guy to help us there. And uh, I don't think I'll ever listen to this, so I can just speak <laughs> freely. But he came early, and he was actually he had some great gear, and he was good. And he recorded me and my brother like a bit of an interview in mm-hmm. the bar. Yeah. And some of that stuff's pretty good, and technically it's nice, and we got some decent footage. And then we did a little bit of stuff around the city. He came back for an event at the restaurant, like a big wine. T- you know, we do these kind of parties. It's it's not really like a wine dinner, um, though. There's a lot of great food and everything. It's just a party at the family restaurant. And he was not a fly on the wall. I will just say that. It was like, I had friends and family like turning around looking at me like, what's up with this dude? You he know? was the wolf. He was, he was like, hey, what's going on? He was loud. Um, he was, he's big, tall. He was um, like, first of all, he was wearing a mask and nobody else in okay. Philadelphia in the whole was wearing a mask. So that like, you know, not that, you know, not to go down that path, but he, it was all these things added up to just like, who is this guy? And then he just would start talking really, really loud and and you're just like and i actually had to be like all right thanks buddy i think you got enough you got like enough. it was a shame i, I mean he definitely had enough by then too like i don't think he would have caught much more um but maybe he would have you know like if he was cool he would have stuck around to like a little later when th- things mm. people got more relaxed and it got dark and all that yeah. and and that's a real shame you know i mean i richard i mean how much of that in your line of work is this intuitive knowing where to position yourself and knowing where to be in order to know that you're going to get the best images um i am a bit of a stickler for lighting because you like especially natural light so i'll tend to plan a shot like you know a landscape or whatever i definitely just don't go bang it out it's not just point and shoot point no no No. i'll i'll plan it and then wait for the right day or right morning and I te- and I'm one of those people that I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and sit and wait for the sun to come yeah. up before I get up you know ready to go yeah whatever but in like a dynamic start. situation like if you're in a cellar and it's yeah. and vintage coming in you know, fruits coming in there's uh, pumps and hoses and people you know roaring well, around number one you, know, you always make sure you're not getting in anyone's way because you yeah. know that's their job you're to see that yeah record it and if you just can't get it. well. You know what it's like, Dan. Over vintage, it's chaotic, yeah. and um, so that's probably the, the the big thing is to not be in anyone's way, but then try and find the angle or the. Yeah. And oftentimes, there's a dynamic that has nothing to do with you going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, there might be some seller hand who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I I always think in any situation, there's a shot to be had, no matter how boring or amazing it is. There's an angle that you can make it. Yeah, killer, and that's sort of the um, the challenge that I really like is is 
probably making something of the mundane, which is mm. and vintage is definitely not mundane, but there are aspects of it that are not that exciting. But you just need to find an angle that makes it for the yeah. person who's looking at the image to go far out. I like that, you know, or that's where I want to be, or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I really like that industrial and the work mm. and the and the hands and the you know all that the grunting of the wine industry is, yeah. is the best bit for me. So, I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're now base of our lives. We're about our stories, where, we, yes. where we're at and the people we know and love and, you know, that's where we want to get on the microphone, which mm. is, of course, why, why you're our, our debut, oh, because I we love so you. privileged. <laughs> but tell me, like, I mean, like, I feel like I've known you all my life, but I've, I've known you since I was, I think I first met you when I was about 16, as a hairdresser's model. That's right. Yeah. And then so, <laughs> I was a hairdresser's model and you took the photos. This is like early, this is like 1990, I want to say, into the 80s, early 90s, and um, for a local hair was designer. No, this is Philip Hunt. Philip Hunt. Philip Hunt was oh a local hair God. designer here in Hastings um, Potties. And yeah. so here was the thing when you were a teenage girl in Hastings, there wasn't a hell of a lot going on. Um, and especially if you're a teenage girl with no money, there wasn't a hell of a lot going on. But you could get your hair done for free if you volunteered to be a shoot. model yeah. <laughs> for a hairdresser. And I volunteered, and um, I would go to this guy Philip Hunt to practice on. He was, man, he was the man. He was he was totally. He won awards all around the place, and um, and I would go there almost every week, and he'd do something. I had this. Be- I had beautiful sort of long blonde yeah. hair, and and it kind of eventually I'd go to school each day, and there'd be this girl in my class called Megan, who would sing. All the leaves are brown, 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 and Yvonne's hair is purple, (laughs) (laughs) or whatever colour it was, you know, that week. And um, anyway, we're doing some modelling, and you ended up being the photographer, and I was supposed to be doing makeup for someone else's hairdo, and you were up on ladders, you were like swinging from bars and stuff, you were like, and we're on the back, someone's back lawn at some house in Havelock North, and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And you were just, and it was no digital photography at that time. Everything was no, all, no, it was all, all on film. film. Yeah, and, and medium format, I think, if I remember rightly. Super, and, I, and you were just like this acrobatic person getting all these different angles. You were all not, over the place. Not so acrobatic. <laughs> Dan, it was, it was amazing to see. And then, you know, you've just been, uh, and then it kind of, time sort of went like like the Matrix. You mm. know, like, whew, and I know, remember the second meeting was because Gary Fortune right. You knew Gary via music. Mm, I mm. talked to Gary a little bit still. Um, and we went and had a beer at the Gannett's Bar. When the Gannett's Bar and Tewonga Gannett's first opened. Tewonga, and yeah. I thought, oh my God. I know. And Gannett's Bar. Still going. It's still going. I still and go and have a pint there when I go get my fish and chips. Mm-hmm. But you just became... And then I met you with, with the Sacred Hill folk. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. I was quite tight with Dave and Mac and, you know, mm. Tracy and, and, yeah. and Margie and all of that. Yeah. And you were just, he was just, Dan, he was always around. He was always taking photos. And then when Craggy Range opened, mm. for me, being in the wine mm. industry here, suddenly your images of Craggy Range, and this is no, this I'm not exaggerating here. It's your mm. images of Craggy Range and the, the, the building, um, Timata Peak, 
the way that there would be the building and the and the clouds above mm. the Tukituki River, your images suddenly went flying around the world, mm. and everyone was like, "That's New Zealand wine." Mm. Yeah, no, like and lucky, it, yeah. you know, I mean, everyone's seen the, you know the Cloudy Bay label, and you know, and obviously mm. the you know the Ripon, you know, vineyard mm. scene is ultra famous, you know. But I certainly believe that when when Craigie Range came on the scene and your images starting started being fed around yeah. the world, so that would have wise, been probably suddenly everyone was like looking at Hawke's good Bay timing going, with. You could actually see photos on the internet. Was that around the same time? I, I mean, I know it was two thousand late nineties, nineteen. Yeah, I started with the Peabody's in nineties. Yeah. Oh, that's like email. Mm just started around the, I mean yeah. it blew up around oh, it was Windows pretty. 95 you know. yeah, yeah. Internet <laughs> Explorer <laughs> no no Netscape Navigator Netscape but I, I've I've started with the Peabody family in 96 mm. and still incredible yeah do best mates how did that happen how did that even come about um, the Peabody family are the um, the owners of Craig Range Steve Smith actually because Steve rang me and said hey um, I'm um starting to work from a fam- with an American family that live in Australia and they're looking at buying land, can you go and photograph the site, which is now Craggy Range out, out at Giants. And I, I said, yeah, no problem at all. And at that stage, I was sort of a bit disheartened with everything. And I think I'd ha- that's right, I had my studio in Havelock North, which was like a wedding portrait studio, and it was just a massive fail because... I just had ants in my pants. Like, I'd, yeah. I'd go to work, go there, open the door, think, shit, okay. Got to do another wedding. And then I'd put a f- back in five minutes sign up <laughs> and then disappear for about three days. And all these Havlock people would just be, like, frotting at the mouth. <laughs> Where's that prick gone? Where's that guy who's supposed to be doing my daughter's wedding? Anyways, yeah, exactly. It was all that. And then they wait six months for the photos. And it was all it was a classic. I was out of control. Totally out of control. And then, so that, I, I was about to, you know, drop off the face of the earth, and I, I think I'd sold my camera gear, and then Steve rang me, like, only a few days after I got rid of this gear, thinking, oh my God, I have mortgage payments coming up and stuff like that, and um, he said, I'm just working for this family, can you um, take a photo of the site and send it to them, because, you know, they, they could be worth knowing, and I'm like, oh God. So anyway, I went out there early in the morning, and it was one of those absolute... Cracker, Hawke's Bay mornings. Hawke's Bay mornings. Mm. The Tookie Valley. The, the sun was just hitting the top of the peak. I knew, I've got the photo, and it always was called the Field of Dreams. That's what the Peabody's called it because that was the shot that made them go. That's what we want. It had the red just touching the top of Tomato Peak, and, yeah. and missed the whole thing. And I shot, was and it was just a, it was just an empty paddock with sheep and the whole thing. Anyway. Um, so I sent it to Steve, I sent it to the Peabody's, next thing they wanted more, then they all turned up and we did a family portrait on the, on the, in the paddock, and I just, I thought, shit, I need some chairs or something for them to sit in, so I went to Joe House and stole these chairs, <laughs> <laughs> this is a really bad Jewett, story. he will repeat, he will, he will return them at some point. You've given enough back <laughs> to the community. <laughs> anyway, so they were sitting in these stolen chairs, did the family portrait, um, and then we went and had drinks. Where were they staying? Our summer in Havelock North had a Airbnb. And so we ended up having a few drinks and all got on famously. And then um, I just, from there on in it, that's where it 
and then they just they just want me to shoot everything and then like then it was the process of when they started building and uh, planting gimlet first and then i'd go out there pretty much every day yeah and shoot and then send the photos back and that day those Progress days it was shooting and mm. scanning or, or posting photographs because it was pre-digital um yeah and the rest is history it's just <laughs> amazing but i yeah I, da, da, yeah that'd be one of my so you just said you you were thinking about um you'd like you'd sold your camera gear yeah i'd just been absolutely tortured by um wedding portraits it was just just not can you just get sophie in her bridesmaid's dress that's all i want sophie 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 come here sit next to archie come on archie sit down by your sister now now look just take a photo richard take a photo quick quick Oh, it, it, Would it, it just have was been just awful? the whole, but sort of in those days, and <laughs> sad. It was an absolute bonus, but it was a kiss of death for me. I won this award, like a New Zealand wine uh, wedding photographer. I, I won first prize, <laughs> and but that was just really bad for me because it was just like suddenly I got bombarded with weddings, and I said yes to everything. because you can't say no to anything. Can't say no. I know I'm the same. That's and terrible. next thing, I had weddings coming out everywhere, and. It just got out of control. And like at one stage, I think I remember saying, yes, <laughs> this is a really bad story, and I hope these people <laughs> aren't this. So I'd said yes to these two weddings, yeah. both on the same day. No. And I'd had an ass- I had an assistant who was had one wedding group. I, I, there was like an hour difference or whatever, but I was running from one to the other, and they didn't, neither knew that I'd booked another one so and I had one on the other side of Cornwall Park I was photographing and saying I had to go to the toilet and then I was like sprinting across the other side of the park to to the other group that was with my assistant photographing (gasps) them and then oh my god I've got to go back to the toilet it it was just this crazy and then I thought what am I doing and that was when I thought I've got to give this up it's going to kill me (laughs) that's yeah that would have given you ulcers Ulcers and abuse. Ulcers and abuse. When they both found out that I was... No. Bridezilla's too, you know. Oh, I mean? well, Bridezilla's Did the shots turn out okay, though? Or yeah, were they marginal? Yeah. Marginal. Really, yeah, but come on, even a marginal Richard Brimmer shot's weight going to be like a zillion times better than any, yeah. any snap that I could If I take. had a Richard Brimmer photo of my wedding, I'd say... Look at this. I know. You know even <laughs> if it was you? a bad one. And most of my wedding pictures are bad. But it, like yeah, you're, but in you're most weddings now, you see people and say, oh, how are you doing? Oh, nah, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. six months ago. So well, two I, now. I, I was just thinking <laughs> Three, about uh, yeah. wedding photography. Are you guys on Reddit at all? Have you? No, do you know what? Yeah. Reddit's an interesting thing because I, I get, um, I've, I've signed up on Reddit and I get Reddit notifications on my phone for things. I'll turn that off. And I go, <laughs> and I go, okay, do but I don't understand... I don't understand how Reddit works. You got to go on the app, but it's basically like yeah. you follow. So it's like r slash for Reddit slash. You follow these Which different like rooms, base or like you know, it's it's kind of like a combination of the old old me. internet with the new internet. Mm. And it's like a big chat room, isn't it? Well, there's all these different things you follow, so you could follow anything from like I don't know rugby to like uh, photography. As I follow mm. one, you know, you just see mm. all some different photographs from around the world people put in. But there's one for Photoshop. And people post pictures of things that they want people, and you can give them like coins and credit for, you know, and actually pay them to fix up photos for you. And I swear to God, half of them are wedding photos and people going like, can you take out 
bridesmaid number three because she was badly behind. Well, she she was badly behind. She's no longer she, our friend. She's, she's done this and that and that. And they and is this the, public? can I see this? Can oh I yeah, yeah. You could at, go right on the Reddit and see. <gasps> you see them it. all all the time. It's like public rooms, and then they come back, and there's a link, and you go to like Imager or one of these like other apps, and huh. you look. Or sometimes they're just right below it in the thread, and you go like, wow, that's a great job, you know. Or or you know, they'll be like. Uh, the last picture of my brother who passed away, but oh. the background's real shitty. Can you fix it? Oh, Some okay. of them are so like amazing do, okay, stories, so like, you know, yeah. beautiful things. This is, a, this is a picture of my grandfather from coming out of the war in 1944. It's a little grainy. Yeah. Can you, and they touch it, and it's like, wow, that's awesome. They colorize things for you and everything, but half of them. Our wedding was like that fucking bitch. <laughs> I love this. There's one on, I think it's on Instagram, where there's this guy who people send their photos to and say um, something like, you know, can you please make my legs longer? Or yeah. can you please make my, um, you know, make my boyfriend um, more tan or yeah. something? And so the guy goes, okay and makes their legs yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of people the in the thread taking the piss too yeah. Oh, yeah. i just love it I now reddit's love it. funny there's some historically some problematic threads in mm. there you can imagine mm. you know some some uh i need to give it a, a second chance mm. but it's it's it. uh it's definitely like great for quick news mm. and like th- mm. trending things and it's in a way it's a lot cleaner than twitter or x uh because it's like it's you can just follow kind of what you don't get bombarded by all this other crap mm. and it doesn't and they have moderators on every thread oh God, so they're like if they if it starts getting crazy the moderators just shut it down okay um but again if you are into yeah i don't i don't need to give reddit any looks no well, like, reddit, you know. this podcast <laughs> yeah, is yeah. um brought to you in past in part by reddit but i, I do follow stuff like audio there's an yeah. audio file one that's amazing you look at all these old vintage audio equipment and people restoring huh. them and everything and yeah you just sort of dive in and out of it you know speaking wow. of old audio equipment i spent 300 bucks on records at the vinyl shop in waipawa yesterday so good and i could have spent way oh, way honestly. more oh yeah it's good one. That a record shop is it's ridiculous yeah i'll have to check it out yeah check it out yeah it's, worth it. it's so good he has some good ones mm. um were you born here richard yeah. Yeah, so tell, tell me things. about your, um, your, your childhood in My Hawke's Bay and I, why you've stayed. Why well, I forgot to leave. Um, <laughs> I, I was born in Hastings in Frimley, went to Frimley School, uh, then on to Heritage Intermediate, then St John's College. I don't know why. My parents sent me to a Catholic school. Well, my, I was brought up a Catholic, but... I mean, it's a good it, school. It, don't get us wrong, but... Yeah, just didn't mm. really work for me. Um... And yeah, as I say, did the aerial mapping. But I, I what was it like being a teenager in Hastings? Hastings was a backwater, like a total. Yeah. It was, it was probably one of the least desirable places in New Zealand to live. Freezing works, we had two freezing, freezing works. Freezing works were big. Orchards um, and stuff. Watties was huge. I remember as a you know at fifteen, I went and worked at Watties mm. as mm. a. Um, you know, for your after you're not your your you know holiday job, that, and most kids of my mm. age sort of had jobs mm. there. And good music scene though, like through the eighties and nineties, yeah. like lots of bands and halls. Yeah, there was a little bit, and it's it's mm. probably interesting. Uh, you know, maybe Jamie Jamie's bringing that back a little bit with those small hall mm. sessions. I went to see you know my friend James Milne played on f- a Saturday night at 
that King's King George's King Hall. King George's, and, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, have King you been George's there? Hall is amazing. Which one's it? It's beautiful. So Bayview. Lawrence oh, Arabia. No. It's absolutely um, gorgeous. Like played there. It was an amazing gig. Um, but getting back to it, but you know, in my youth, or you know, probably sixteen on, we'd, we'd go to the Cabana every Saturday night. That in was Lake our Hill. go-to. Mm. And you'd see, back in those days, it was like, um, it was even before Hello Sailor and those sort of bands. But and I was probably a bit into metal. <laughs> Really bogan, yeah. yeah. But it was a funny like little that, this whole place, Westerns and Napier and <laughs> everything. There was like, I think I just loved it. it there were the like, Metlers, uh, the Bogans, the yeah. um, you know, the, and the punks and the Skins and the Rasters and yeah. the Skaters and the uh, oh, there was all sorts going and, on. Yeah, it was. I can remember the Blossom Festival and my my parents taking me to that and we're standing there and the Mangal Mob were in the Blossom Festival, but they're in the big big long convertible but they're all just sitting there drinking tui tui beers oh, as part of the float and, as and part the, of the parade and the cars decorated with those <laughs> those blossoms you know that you know how they yeah. did the crepe paper yeah stick them on the car was and there's all these mobsters mob in there but the, in those days they were just freezing workers that were having they were much, in the parade in the parade oh my god that's and i always gold. remember that and i this is probably not a great story but i went and photographed the, the mob for when we lost our son 10 years ago and as a and i've been involved with cranford for a long time mm. as in a photo i photographed the charity wine auction and as a thank you to cranford we i put this book together called um portraits of hawks bay or something mm. like that and anyway so i went and um photographed all these different people in different facets of life and i always remember when i was visiting cranford quite a bit Rex Timu, who's the head of um, the Mungle Mob in those days, mm. his mum was dying, and, oh. and she was in the hospice. She was in the hospice, mm. and I'd, I'd go and when I, I, I think my it was actually my mum was in there. But it was pre Joseph, and um, I'd, yeah, he'd always give me a big hug and stuff like that. And it was sort of and and I always sort of thought, you know, when you're in a place like that, it's a blank canvas because sure. your next stage is party over, no matter whether you're a gangster or my mum, who was a staunch Catholic, everyone's a, a yeah. family in there. And I, I never forgot that. So for this book, I went and f- I rang Rex and said, can I come and shoot in the Camberley? Yeah. Yeah, bro, no problem at all. So, you know, we went in, there, went in there and had a cup of tea with him. And it was amazing. And on the wall was this photo of the Blossom Festival and the mom. <laughs> And that I you thought, remember and being I thought, and so shit, did I ever dream that? But wow. no, it was there was, was the picture real. on the wall and it was a blossom festival with them sitting there with their quart beers and you know, drinking tui. And we'll be back after the break. Hey everybody. I wanted to let you know about Decibel Wines. That's my full time gig. It's what I do when I'm not podcasting. All the wines can be found up at decibelwines.com, of course, where we run our two different wine clubs, one where you choose your wines and one where we choose them for you. And if you use the promo code PODCAST, all caps, to get 15% off your first order. We even ship overseas, so ask us about that. It's the best place to find all our wines, that is, except for the best little tasting room in Hawke's Bay, located on the east block of downtown Hastings on the corner of Warren and Heritonga Street. 
That's our place we call Decibel Central. We're open Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. and by appointment on Mondays and Tuesdays. You come in, do a tasting, have a chat, be guided through the wines, and you don't need a booking, but we recommend it. And this month, on November 18th, we're bringing back Danny's, my take on the Philly Sandwich Shop. We'll have wines on tap and feature my three favorite Philly sandwiches, the cheesesteak, the roast pork sandwich with bitter greens, and the Italian hoagie. We'll start at noon and go until we're sold out, so get there early, because last time we sold out. And don't forget, use that promo code PODCAST, all caps, next time you visit us at decibelwines.com. Cheers! Okay, let's get back to the show. So here's the thing about Hastings and the Blossom Festival. It's been an institution since the oh. 40s, I understand, that, oh, or maybe so. even earlier. Yeah. Um, so it's a parade that goes around. You've seen the Blossom Festival, eh, Dan? It exploded last year here yeah. at the shop, and it was, you know, oh, the big, com- the big comeback and went yeah. right by. And, so it's a you know, spring it's, festival yeah, in, um, it's great. in Hastings where people get... It's funny, you know have, what I mean? They have floats, and yeah. it's a big parade that yeah, goes the all around the town. The, yeah, yeah, all there. the different groups, and, um, yeah. you know, so, kind of celebrate the because and the ethnic groups like the indians yes far out yeah yeah there was some amazing stuff from asia in there and everything what so am i understand right because we kind of i think the first year was a bit of a in in this space was a bit covidy so we didn't have a couple of interruptions so yeah but last year it was full on Mm. and really well done i thought and and a lot of fun um had it been that strong in the last 10 years? Because I just don't remember hearing anything about it. Yeah, as as a kid, it. it was massive. I, can, I know that. I know that yeah. you yeah. see all the old the photos. Blossom Queen, you know, they used yeah. to have like a beauty queen, yeah. like a pageant, yeah. and oh, there'd my be mum someone. Was, a blossom. was she? Well, she got sick and oh. she was Miss Messy Ferguson. Which <laughs> I thought it was. And I, my dad, Miss Messy Ferguson. My dad oh used my to manage oh. Fernware and Cyclone, which were, you know, Fernware Hamish yeah, had the yeah, whites we've got now. And, um, and cyclone and f- hit the cyclone had, gates is that right cyclone was a like a fencing, fencing and company gates, yeah. yeah so dad was a manager there and, and accountant and you know somehow he must have got mum into whether i don't it was a bailey farmers or someone like that who was a massey ferguson so mum got a photo with this <laughs> miss massey ferguson i think <laughs> sort of not cool but, but, i love it I love but it. That's my mum. Yeah. But it's a great thing because it's like in Hawke's Bay, you know, where it's all about the orchards and the vines yeah, totally. and everything that needs pollination and, and yeah. you know, flowering to bring on the fortunes of the next year. So it's kind and of a. Massey Ferguson played a big part of it. Massey Ferguson have played yeah. a big part in yeah. lots of things. But, but yeah, in those days, the Blossom Festival was really yeah. big. And every business almost in Hawke's Bay would put a float in. And yeah. they had the. And but now it's it, it's great now, but it probably was really quite traditional back in those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah nowadays we've got the, the, like the Barracuda sound machine. You know, the mm. big the drummers and stuff. Yeah, all oh, around amazing. And the, the ethnic groups and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just evolved. But I was just wondering if it it seemed like it's starting to come up again and be yeah. fun think, and cool. I think it's time for a decibel um, float. Float. Man. Yeah, I feel. I think it. maybe I should just do what uh, yeah. Joe did and sponsor one of those guys to just they had a you know band on the float drums on the float and everything well, was pretty and cool De- has, what are they the arts ensemble they did it one year but someone pinched their trailer before someone oh, pinched no. the trailer no well, no no it'd be loaned to some other group which they decorated it all up and someone else grabbed it so they were left with the 
<laughs> the <little> high pool trailer <laughs> <laughs> with cages around them you know it just uh, didn't look right they were yeah it was quite funny i thought it was hilarious yeah. you did um just recently over the well the last couple of years i i sort of tuned into your instagram a lot more because you were doing a tour you did like a was it in combination with land rover or range I did, rover uh, or? um that road trip book which was yeah, a land tell me rover about the road trip book and the road trip yeah, initiative that, that was, what happened there um that was really good and damn Dan and Fano were in there. That was uh, we were one of your last. I think your last photograph. Yeah, because you guys. Oh no, you just had the little one. We had the baby, and it got a bit sort of hectic during harvest and and problems with the baby, and then yeah. Yeah. So what was it all about? What what was the road trip? Um, What was the idea behind it? The the idea was I did a book in 1992 called Boutique Wineries in New Zealand, and I did that with Random House, and that got to i think maybe don't quote me but maybe number one but yourself and that was a the one book that i did do then that really went well and then um i decided i don't know maybe it was the peabody's might have talked me into it oops i thought i'd have another go at it and then i was having lunch with them out at craggy with the family and you know, starting to say I'm going to do it, and da 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 da. And then um, Mike Wilding, who's the CEO of Craggy then, yeah. um, said, Well, what's your, what's your, what do you got for sponsorship? And I said, I haven't really thought, I'm just going to take my car. And he went, Nah, I'm going to, and next thing he's texting um, Land Rover because it's Craggy oh, and so, oh, they've okay. all got this connection. Yeah. And he, then Mike said, you've got to come into the office tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We've got a Zoom meeting. And next thing, I'm on Zoom <laughs> with the CEO of Land Rover and their marketing and Bayswater and a couple of others. And it's just like, whoa. And then Mike just said, do not open your mouth. Just smile and I'll do all the talking. So Mike negotiated a fee and a car yeah. and a, the new Defender because the new Defender had just been launched at that stage. Ah, so, so it tied in. It well. tied, and that's mm. where Mike, the smart guy, mm. thought, I'll get to drive around all the wineries in New Zealand and a new defender would be great marketing for them. So anyway, they said yes, got the fee, then next thing Mike's on to Foresight Bar, boom, same gig. So then suddenly I had this money and a flash car and I thought, oh, I've got to do it now. You've got to do it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sort of that's how it all started. And um, and then they put money in. Yeah, just a whole lot of people got in behind it. And then Max Parks... My, my buddy he's designed it so you know and I was always talking to him about yeah. how what how we can do it and that's how we put it all together when did it start did you did you sort of choose well, a particular place to start like did you go no, south story, to north or north to south with the, with or the first region, wine book region I did and that was a road trip too and I I think Random House gave me $500 and I bought a Peugeot 404 because at home we had another Peugeot 404 which was the family car and I couldn't leave Sue and two kids at that one might have been one child two maybe two at home with no car because I was about to head off for two months so the $500 went towards the Peugeot 404 because I could drop the seats and sleep in Uh, it in those cars you can drop the seats and you're in business and so anyway I 
started in the far north and I think in those days it was pre-landing and I think the furthest north might have been Okahu or one of those Carring- is it Carrington what? Estate I think yep. Carrington Estate was going yep. there Kerry yeah yep. I started up there and just did the big and it was pre-cell phones and I wasn't even ringing people I was just cold calling <laughs> Oh, hey. <laughs> no one got any warning. I was so disorganised. So I was just like turning up and taking photos and not getting permissions from anyone. Or yeah, It was just like this crazy... But everyone was sort of into it. <laughs> and so I just did this big trip and ended up... I think I photographed maybe 150 wineries then, which is quite oh, that's a good amount. That's a so it was a lot, lot for that but time. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 100. And that was from the furthest north to the bottom. Furthest south was um, Black... Black Rock? Black Rock, which is Verdon yeah. Burgess back yeah. in the day. I think he was the furthest south I did. And just did this big trip. But ended up, you know, like, park up at Shard Farm and suddenly Three you're mates later. with them or two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was all that sort of stuff. There was a whole lot of that going on. Um, so, and that was, a, and it was a bestseller. So yeah. that sort of put me on to... And then after that, I did another. I, I've probably done seventeen. I think that last book I did was number seventeen. But some have been massive fails. There's no doubt about that. Like, there's, it happens. That does happen. Yeah. Um, but that Land Rover book was amazing. I think we ended up selling four thousand copies. So I just a lot I of love the Instagram. You know, I I was stalking yeah. you for. It, it, was, was, it, was, it was so great. But it was it was fast and furious, and, and also Land Rover gave me... I wanted a rooftop tent, because I said I'm going to be staying in, in the vineyards. Yeah. I want to, I don't want to have to drive anywhere. You know, if you have a few, then I just... Yeah. just I don't, and and then they came back and said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. And I thought, oh, shit. And, but he said, we've got you one better. We've got you this, this camp trailer. Uh-huh. I thought, Lose. whoa. <laughs> so it was a super... Did you see it? Yeah. I, I saw a photo of it. Yeah, I didn't see it in person. I, I, no, I shouldn't talk too much about it. Oh, come on. It so ended does it up being sit on top of it or on no, the side no, of it? No, it's a total trailer, but oh. it was like you flop it out and then press a button and the whole thing's inflatable and it's all leather inside. It was like super Gucci camping. Wow. It was a major setup. And oh, so a bit too bougie. Little, it was yeah. a little bit, oh. but because I had to break it down every day and, and then photograph it every day and do all that sort of thing. So it was... Um, Got a bit much nice in bit the end, but then I, my fond memory is on my birthday, and I was at Kinross. Oh yeah, down south in Gibson. Yeah, in Gibson, and I was up on the top, and I um, it was my birthday night, I think, and I thought, oh shit, I'll just wander down. You know, Kinross got the bar and all that, yeah. the restaurant. Wandered down there, and I was sitting there on my own and having a couple of beers, and then God, um, can't think of his name, Timo, Timo I think from. Central Otago, he looks after all the vineyards and stuff. Right. And he came in and went, oh my God, brum. And next thing he's, and I said, oh yeah, I'm just having a quiet drink, it's my birthday. And then he went, uh-uh. And then grabbed a bottle of whiskey and glug, glug, glug. And we just, I got absolutely loaded. No. And Shocking. it started raining. So I walked up to the camp trailer, like full as a bull, went to sleep and the thing deflated on me <laughs> in the middle of the night. So I had this wet canvas <laughs> on my face. And I, actually, I woke up and thought I was in a body bag and it was like, party over. Yeah. Do you know, like, that's it. Oh. I was just like, shit, this is it. That's no more camp trailer. But that's like, I've always, you might disagree with me, Dan, but, you know, um, inflatable mattresses. You've spent time on an inflatable mattress. You've, you've never spent, successful. Inflatable mattresses are great. 
if you want to wake up on the floor, yeah, yeah, they always slowly, they always like, like slowly, you in you know. the morning, you are suddenly. Well, this was bucketing with rain and this wet canvas on my Gross. face, and I was like days from drinking a bottle of whiskey, and it's not good. And I thought, I'm dead. Both canvases are really good for me to (laughs) bounce Mara across the room when I plop into Uh, bed. Yeah. You know, because they're never. (laughs) (laughs) I lay down, she goes flying across the room, you know. Funny. So, anyway, but it was a great trip. And it was, um, I had sort of planned to do it again this year, but without the the book. And um, Land Rover said, no, we won't do it with a Land Rover, but we'll give you a Volvo. And I got a Volvo electric, but then the day I got it was the day of the cyclone, and I couldn't even plug the thing in because there was no power. Sure. No. So that was, but I I ended up, um, and any wineries north were bombed, so they were sort of a wipeout. So I said to Volvo, this is just not going to happen. But they said, hang on, do what you can. And I ended up just, I ran Casey at Craggy and said, hey, I've got this car, I've got nothing to do. I'll do your deliveries for the foods, and we did all those yeah. curries, and um, I, I they spent, were great. The curry kitchen oh, from um, Craggy was they were, they were oh, just think, turned out so many meals to well, so I think many people. We ended. Up, I, I delivered maybe eleven thousand on my own. I think eleven thousand. Well, that, that was like you'd do five hundred at a time to a marae. Or, yeah, true. But I did mm. it for two weeks. Wow. But Craggy alone did forty or fifty thousand meals. It was like phenomenal. It's mind boggling. Yeah. And it was such a good thing because you'd turn up at places and I'd sort of got to a stage where I was just turning up at people's houses that you knew were, and they were digging their houses out and stuff yeah. and saying, hey, you, you guys want some food? Mm. And everyone just loved it because it was great and it was it was just a good thing to do. And it's, it also got, I don't know, I couldn't do anything else and I didn't really, yeah. I just totally mentally tuned out from the wine industry at that stage because it was just too hard. And well, that's what I was going to say and, was like, yeah. you know, it, the... It, being um, someone that is acutely in tune with um, capturing how beautiful the Hawke's Bay region is, um, for you to suddenly be confronted with the, um, just the scale of destruction that we had back in February 14th. I mean, how, I mean, how did you feel? I started working a few days after for the Red Cross just shooting stuff for them because they wanted records of what's going mm. on and we did all the S Valley and all over the place and it was just, ended up just mentally not being great because it was um, oh you're just... a real pro <laughs> did you catch that on camera I just tried to pour myself a glass of the Yvonne the wine export expert, expert just and, tried uh, to, and the cap was on tried oh. to pour a, a wine with a cap on shut up <laughs> Mistakes happen. I was just watching. I was engrossed with what our guest was saying, Dan. So deep talking about his mental struggles, and here you are. (laughs) I was having mentally struggling. I really was. I have those mental struggles too sometimes (laughs) with the cat. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, sorry. No, see, you broke the mood. Sorry. You could have just let me. You could have just let me discover that on my own and let. No, I wanted to watch you suffer through the. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, please. The visual ca- bit going carry on, on Richard. Nice, nice touch. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a bit interesting, definitely, like oh. for Hawke's Bay. And yeah, it just sort of knocked the edge off the whole vintage thing. So I, I ended up mm. shooting Martinborough 
for a little while, and even that wasn't great. Yeah, they had and some then, struggles too. Yeah. And then Marlborough, but then Marlborough was a disaster, not for them. They were having a roiler of a vintage, but um, I couldn't get the car on the ferry because at that stage the ferries were having oh, yeah. their That's right, the ferry um, They were breaking and, down and yeah. big seas and all sorts of things. So we ended up flying to, or Volvo flew me to Christchurch, and I picked up another car that was the same colour. <laughs> drove it to Marlborough because they had to photograph this car and all the continuity and all yeah, that yeah yeah and so it was and then it, as I said I'm, I'm over let's not even worry about Central Otago no so we gave up but then he'll I'm, get I'm, there eventually Central Otago don't yeah um, oh, but maybe paper. maybe <laughs> next, I'll, I'll probably do it again next vintage because I've sort of got a few things lined up possibly but I've got to shoot mm. this doco in Hawke's Bay first so that's my priority once I finish Hawke's Bay then I'm well you've put yourself unleashed. under uh, some pressure with all these different things and I lined know, up already I, you know it's I like it's got to be done like you know it, it, it is good to it do works that for yeah. me and, and I find if I because with the documentary idea was just a uh, an idea over a few drinks that and then I'm being held to it but the more I talk about it, the more it sort of excites me. So if it, you know, now it's we're in full swing, fairly much. We're shooting, like I'm photographing, um, filming John Buck and Zara tomorrow morning. So I'm really looking forward to that because John's a dear old friend and he's yeah. really wants to talk about Great stuff. Great stories too, and, oh, isn't amazing. he? Just the best storyteller. And Zara, his granddaughter, his, yeah. is, and between the two of them, so we'll get the and it, it's. As John said, we'll keep it more about family than, um, than maybe the the full mm, tomato mm. story, which is sort of what I want because a lot a lot of these interviews I'm doing are families, like they are like Tony and his family, be John and Willie, John Hancock and Willie Hancock, um, Alwyn. Hopefully, I haven't asked him yet, but if you're out there, mm. Alwyn, I'm going to get you. <laughs> um, so um, you know, yeah. so there's there's all those families that are, yeah. are wine families that I really want to get. And, and I mean, Pete Robertson, you know, Pete, at Brookfields, yeah. he's been making wines. For, well, he's definitely on 40, my list. And, you know, I was thinking, uh, Paul Mooney from the Mission, he's been making wine there for 44 years or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, the, the, the history and pedigree that we yeah. have here in terms of wine families in Hawke's Bay is just yeah. um, oh, it's, incredible. It's pretty. And, you know, Tim, mm. Tim mm. at home with Katie and, you know, there's, there's another little wine family yeah, thing going Tim on in Gemma. Mm. Um, who else we got there? Yeah, is a, is a but few. see, loads of people go. You know, they go Richard Brimmer photographer. They don't go Richard Brimmer videographer. No, no, no. It's a new territory for me. Yeah, cool. And I, I'm actually directing as opposed to. I'll do a little bit of filming, but it's, I'm taking the director's role, okay. but under serious supervision. So. <laughs> You find that a big leap? All the uh, tech now with videography is—it's pretty mind blowing. I've just been watching it and going, "Holy shit!" Like it's you know. pretty interesting. But I, because I, I worked for Screen Time for ten years, so I spent a lot of time looking What's over screen time. Sorry, Screen Time House for, in Auckland. Yeah, and I—I I started with them to oh, when was that? 2009 maybe okay just contracting for them and um so you'd spend your whole time looking at a monitor over the director's shoulder so i I, i've watched and watched Mm. and watched Mm. and a lot of mates that are helping me on this are in that crew so it's i'm i'm Mm. getting i'm being yeah i'm sort of being massaged through this one i just wonder because actually it's interesting because both you guys are in the room i kind of i think i met you before this but i early met you uh, when you were doing thirsty work, mm. Mm. and you guys had 
to me what looked like a relative i knew you had a small crew and everything but you had a big camera and you kind of had the i'm sure it was digital as well and everything but what i've just seen over the last year with videography is like the cameras are just tiny now and they're like completely 4k whatever amazing high definition they could be up on a drone you know 200 feet in the air or whatever and just amazing quality and all the editing is much quicker and cheaper and everything so it's it and that was 2014 or something yeah yeah yeah. decade ago oh yeah the gears Mm. just yeah. Getting back to Thirsty Work, that was great. Yeah. Thanks. That, that was, was really good, good, wasn't it? That was amazing. That was a shitload of fun doing that show, I tell you. I I'd really be... desperately want to get the band back together and, and yeah. do another one. I just need yeah. to figure out how to get it past the Broadcasting Standards Authority. You know, yeah. Because there's say issues that... with, um, with the alcohol. With alcohol. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. Come no, on. No, it's so dumb. Can we grow up? I know. Because it wasn't a show, you know, where we would tootle around the country drinking wine and telling everyone to get drunk or anything it wasn't it was storytelling yeah but yeah. We're talking about the families the people couldn't you and, uh, just and food lots just of food keep them out of it and do something like more indie um, online i don't know there, there, there are kind of issues with when things go on free to wear television but it doesn't necessarily have to be free to wear anymore now that we have um on demand i kind of feel like you just make it and do a really good i mean anybody yeah, nowadays, anyone that can um figure out how to help me pay for it yeah that's what then, I mean. um yeah we will definitely get the thirsty work <laughs> band well, back together because it was a great but then, little uh, great well, little series wasn't it it was super fun i, I thought it was amazing mm. i watched them all but Thanks. um i do uh, yeah the funding thing's a bit interesting but then when you get a little creative with where you look mm. and that's sort of what i'm doing yeah because i think locally not 100% sure how that's going to go funding more. <laughs> yeah. you know, no, you'd after, have to get... You'd have after to go a meeting to, this yeah. morning, I thought... The one, <laughs> the one good thing, the difference between you and so many other people is you have that to go, look what we did already mm. and we want to do it this way and we mm. want, you know, give us some liberty to do it. Anyway, you yeah. don't need my yeah, career yeah. advice, but... <laughs> Thanks, uh, But I'm just more encouragement, you know. I think it was really good and you're really good at it, so... And, I th- and from what I've seen, like, you know... The Always Sunny in Philadelphia guys, they recorded like their first seven or eight, I think they're almost the first season themselves. Yeah. And went out and sold it and they just pieced it together with friends, cameras and everything. And and they were like, we love it, but you need to get Danny DeVito. Yeah. (laughs) And then we can pay for this thing. Then we can pay for it. But it is the thing. It's like there's not, and and Richard, you'll know this, there's, we're so blessed in not just Hawke's Bay, but in in New Zealand that there is this never ending. Um, wealth of great people and great stories yeah. it just doesn't stop you know the minute you think you've done you know all the great characters in one region another person comes along or they move in from overseas or mm. something or ownership of someplace changes and there's this whole new fresh it's the stories we just have amazing <coughs> well stories that, that's my here. passion is, is getting those and, and I've always been a, I think my whole photographic career I've had in my head is I want to document stuff and um, and I'm going through this archiving process at the moment potentially that someone I won't say who mm. but someone's looking at, at taking my archive or select my selection of it um, to go it, into the system as a, a document of, of Hawke's Bay in, in my Brilliant. shooting time 
So I've got, you know, that's, and that's one of the things that sparked me on with this documentary is because I'm scanning all my old negatives and transparencies. Mm. So I'm scanning, I don't know, I try and do sort of 20 or 30 a day. But I've got thousands, like you would hundreds have of thousands. Hundreds of but thousands. Because I, I, start, you know, I started shooting even when I was young, but then right up until 2001, I think, was when I first bought, bought my first digital camera. So everything prior to that's negative or transparency. And with a client, you tended to give them one or two, or whatever shots they wanted, and you kept the others, but you never really looked at them because no. you didn't have a computer screen to check them out. So there's Not all, speedily. Nah. Or, yeah. So there's all the stuff that you probably didn't even look at, but you just put them and filed them. Yeah. Amazingly, you can still <laughs> find them. But, um, you know, and that you'd... Stuff he hadn't even looked at, but now I'm looking at it going, Oh my god, what, what did I do with that? Do what you remember, like, is there, um, you know, throughout your photography career, like you've told me, you've, you've just told us about the um, the the Land Rover um, wet camp caravan um, yeah, experience, um, and dying, waking yeah. up, you know, in the with the whiskey, whiskey death. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you genuinely ever in your photography career f- thought, I'm gonna die? Like I'm this. Like, have you or, or something well, really that, so scary that you thought well, I cannot get out you of this? That, that you won't know. Um, five years ago, I had a heart. I had five <gasps> bypasses. Yeah, and that was when I thought I was gone. I was like, no. But it was just I. I thought it because I've always had asthma, and it was <gasps> getting worse. And I just went to the doctor and said, "Can you get me a stronger inhaler?" You know. Psh- and she went, what do you mean? And I said, I'm starting to get... And I was when I was working with Screen Time, we were shooting something out by Piha, and we're walking... Piha, if it still exists. And I was walking around the hills, and I was just getting really puffed, and I thought, shit, this is weird, because I'm not normally like this. And anyway, so went to the doctor when I got home, and they went, well, we might check this a little bit more, and then next thing, you know, you know doing all the... And then they went... You've got you're a bit clogged up. You're oh just a tad. Does it, yeah. Well, no, it didn't show what it was, but then um, it showed that I, I'd needed something need to be looked at. Then in, anyway, I ended up in Welling. It, they sent me to Wellington Hospital. Uh, it was I had to wait six months because I was not in a critical state. Right. But I got really fit and did all that sort of stuff. And then um, the surgeon who did it, who I'd know. I actually knew fairly well. Um, I had the operation, which was seriously traumatic. Mm. And then, the, the, you know, the, you're saying, you know, so it was a bypass, or what did you? What was your I first operation? Bi- it was a bypass. Bypass, but he opened me up and said, "I might as well while I'm here, I'll do do the lot." So he ended up doing five bypasses, which was that's why I've got scar. I've got scars down my arm and my leg and stuff like that. But he just it, it was potentially going to be a problem later on so yeah, that was my life and death situation yeah. wow and it was like it was like when i woke up i thought this oh. is it party over oh, like because it's just a a really weird thing to go through because you you've got children you're so young i like, know but what? i think i think i don't think it's like from being really badly unhealthy or anything like that or drinking too much a lot of times yeah yeah because i've lost a couple of uncles from weird you know Mm. back in the day they've died Mm. at 25 or whatever so you did and you're probably uncles or grandfathers or whatever that you 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 just go and Mm. no one knows what they died of or or this and i've and 
because my parents are both gone, I couldn't really do any history on the. Mm. So that right, yeah, that's right. a deep meaningful. Do you stuff. find? Uh, I guess a lot of people say after heart surgery that you more emotional were you at least for the first year or two after that were you getting any more misty-eyed than normal or uh? i don't know I, I got really bad like straight after i had, had really bad anxiety like you just yeah, I, I just sleep in the in the living room at home because i just could not the walls were coming in on me really yeah, it was all that sort of wow. stuff but then that calmed down after a while yeah yeah um yeah, no, I don't know. Nothing else. Like you haven't, um, you haven't been sort of chased around a Too paddock by a bull. You haven't been bucked <laughs> off a horse. You no. haven't been, haven't been in a car accident because you've been uh, trying to take a photo out the window while you've been driving. Yeah. <laughs> I put Tony Bush through the windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. This is a bad story. <laughs> He'll be fine about it. This is a story that will block it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we have okay. we, we don't have to get it by the uh, no, the, no, that, that the, the authority or vitals oh, mid vintage goodness deciding to go to Mahia no and after a twelve hour shift no and having a few drinks no and no. other things and then oh, deciding to drive home back shocking to work the next day and I just and you've learned from that I just you? had a little nap as we were driving towards Mohaka and we went straight into a bed. Mm. This is not good. Tony went straight through the windscreen with his dog. No! <laughs> yeah, he ended up in hospital. The dog? And Tony? Oh, no, we found the dog. He's <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tony was no. definitely in hospital. Yeah, no, that's a bad story. That's but, a um, bad story. Mm, well, we're young and stupid. Uh, we're only, yeah. you know. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. We all grow up. Don't we, Tony? <laughs> so it's Tony. He's obviously forgiven you. <laughs> he has forgiven me, but I'm surprised, yeah. So what's, um, you know, what are we now? We're 2023, mm-hmm. we're about to launch into spring in Hawke's Bay. We've had some pretty tumultuous times of late, you know, with Cyclone and COVID and all this, all sorts of carry-on. There's kind of been lots of vineyards coming, going, closing, opening. Um, vineyards aside, all that stuff aside, like what's... What's yeah, I would, exciting uh, probably you. safe to say all of Hawke's Bay is in a strange... Well, all of New Zealand, you know. I'm yeah. getting excited part, about but it's coming out mm. of a drought, maybe, because a, a drought mm. must be extremely good for you guys. Yes. Like, that'd be the gift from God, wouldn't it? Well, what we're all hoping for is a 2013 when we had those two, and the vines were just really ready, um, not only because uh, we just want an easier vintage, <laughs> but... Uh, if you remember 2013 from the winemaking side, the wines were fantastic. The season was easy. But it was actually easy in the winery, too, because the fruit was so uh, healthy. Mm. There was like things like high yen levels, and the, it was clean. It was like the easiest ferments I'd ever experienced to this day, too. Everything mm. was just mm. was like, what am I? Whereas the previous two years, you know, and then, you know, you go back into weird COVID times before mm. that, uh, it's been a long run of like, this is, you know, we're on edge a little bit, you know, and then on yeah. edge a lot. Yeah. So, um, and I feel like that's our version of it in the wine industry, but there's a lot of other people in other situations, whether it's coming out of the cyclone or mm. trying to just get by business wise or mm. trying to get by personally with high interest rates and, you know, trying to keep your home and trying to keep, you know, and try to keep the family, mm. all these issues of any, you talk to any business, restaurant, hospitality, you know, manufacturing, everything's more expensive and things like that. So 
we're all looking for a little more sunshine. Yeah, you know? sunshine yeah. kind of helps. Regard, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what you're going through. Sunshine kind of helps, it makes, doesn't it? Just yeah. kind of makes things a little bit. I mean, drought brilliant for for us in wine and vineyards. Yeah, Farmers will be like, oh, oh but even no, then they've had so much. They've had so much rain. rain. They must be wanting a little bit of dry stuff. Well, I hope so. I mean, I'm no farmer. You know, yeah. don't don't come at us with your with your reckons. But um, we should get a farmer on here. You know. Yeah. We should get a farmer on here. Yeah, yeah. Good okay, old, good old I know school a few. farmer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah one, one who you know wants to yeah, but talk no, and tell. I, I don't know. That's the positive thing yeah. I'm looking at. Um, it would be great to have a really good vintage next year mm. and to see happy because last vintage was not. It was a hard one to photograph, mm. and especially probably coming in halfway through a little bit after you know. People were not in a good space. Nah. The fruit was not good. The weather was all over the show. And all it was not great. Everyone talked about is what had happened, and mm. it was just like, Ooh, mm. you can't move on from that because it was so. Mm. Tr- it, and it must be that would have to. It'll go down in Hawke's Bay's history as being as bad as the thirty-one earthquake. I would have thought. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with the amount of destruction and everything. Oh God. Mm. And the you mood. Know. Just yeah. the, the, the mood. Well, it's, just, it's, it's interesting because they had friends come through from Auckland on Friday and they, they hadn't been to Hawke's Bay since. And they driving through East Valley, it's just like, fuck. You know, and it's been cleaned the, up. And it's been cleaned yeah. up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the scale of it is yeah, like... Yeah, the scale is crazy. Yeah. But I mean, there must be other things like, you know, for, um, you know, I'm a Hastings kid myself. Mm, yeah. And here we are, we're in the main street of Hastings, we're in this great little urban cellar door here at Decibel. Um, you know, this this part of town, Hiratanga Street East, used to be nothing oh, happened here. It was sort yeah. of now it's this kind of groovy so spot. Cool. It's so cool. There's stuff happening all the time. You know, new little bars has, and cafes. Has Mike's and little bar down the road. Mike Hill's bar is amazing. We had him on um the Y and D podcast at Wildwick yeah. and um and it's exciting. He's oh, he's having he's a great doing time. Is amazing. Mm. And that whole toy toy development. Yeah. Um, they've got the Chard- International Chardonnay yeah, conference there. Yeah. Um, you're photographing it? Mm. Great. Yeah. Um, so and that little Cedric's space. Cedric's mm. is cool. Yeah. I know. It's it's. I love it, you know, because I see my town just kind of, even though the, the, well, there's it, been crazy shit happening around over the yeah. last couple of years, but I see this little part of town just kind of sparking. Yeah. You know, and the XL is still over there. The XL is still over there, but the poor old um, UFS pharmacy is not there anymore. Oh, and yeah, yeah. it's a hundred uh, years. Oh, going to be a big butcher, I heard in there. A butcher? Yeah, like. Oh, a, is that the what's covered up over there? Yeah, it's going to be a really? bit like the Waipawa, but a different name, but that kind of style, but more uh, trade oriented, I believe. Shit. But I think be you're going to be seeing uh, some charcuterie being made in there, and, and stuff. Alexandro down on the, the, the Bambina. Mm. Yeah, Bambina. The, pe- the pizzeria. Yes. Some good pizza there. It's tough wow. to it's and tough to, to work here week. someday. <laughs> <laughs> but you're happy at Tiawonga. You still oh, live there. Yeah, love it out there. It's um I've been there well, we've been there as a family thirty five years maybe. And I've pretty much been there all my life actually. Yeah. Bought up in Hastings, but we used to go there for holidays and my, my auntie and uncle had a house out there. Um so we'd be holidaying out there all the time. So no that's 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 my home. Do you still get yeah. to surf? No, those days are gone. I gave up on that. Saw back. Oh, saw back. Saw back. Saw back. Bad excuse. So, <laughs> but I watch it. My, I'm lucky that our house looks straight out on the 
the points. Yeah, you can watch surfing all day. It's great. Can to you watch. do white bait out the front? No. no. You're not a white baiter? No, I'm not a white baiter. No. I'm not a fisherman either. No. I'm a sailor. I love sailing. Oh, yeah? Mm. Mm. I have a little boat in Auckland. I go and escape up there and go sailing. You ever had any sailing accidents? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> the old shiner from the boom. Yeah. Yeah, possibly now, do you one bring too the, many Chardonnays. Do you bring the camera about? with you when you do that? They must get some good stuff. Oh, I do. I love it. Yeah, yeah I, or is that just I'm off? You know. Well, I bought the boat. I've had it 11, 12 years. I, I bought it just after Joseph died as a little thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I just went on to trade me and went by. <laughs> Yeah. And it just it. sits where in which marina? I keep it out at Half Moon Bay. At Half Moon Bay. But yeah. I, I go up there. I try and for a while there, I was up there half a year because I got there for work and I yeah. use it as accommodation because you can stay on the boat in the marina. Um, and I just would work two or three days for screen time and then go sailing mm. for a mm. few days. Mm. But even, Sue's not really into sailing, so she doesn't come out with me too much. But um, and my daughters are in Wellington so they don't so it's tend to be me but I like it's it right. and, and it's sort of <coughs> sailing on your own you've you've sort of got to think about stuff and you've got to be careful because if you make a mistake there's only one person to blame and it's yourself and I, <laughs> I quite like that it suits me yeah and it, mentally it's good but you know I don't know how long I'll, I'll be keeping it for because my work up there's thinning out mm-hmm. and it's to get up there, you know. bring it down here. No, just, uh, I don't know where to go sailing here. You know, like too rough. It's like a you bit got, rough, yeah. You've sailed out to Waiheke Island and Pika Bay. Oh, well, you've got up to Bay of Islands, or you know. Oh no, I couldn't, wouldn't go that far. It's only thirty foot. It's not that big, but it's, oh, right. and on my own. But Waiheke mm-hmm. Island, and then going into Fenice or Oyster Run or somewhere like that, yeah, <laughs> or Man of War Bay, yeah. you know, you know, like it, it's it's pretty dreamy because you yeah. can yeah. just sail out there on your own easily, and and I've got lots of mates out there, yeah, or any of the other islands, sort of. Oh, so it, good. Yeah, it is good. It's good out there. So, but is there? Um, I've been wanting to say, are there? Just in, going back to your photography and the fact that you are this just this freaking legend. Um, God, I'm getting plugged now. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. What's your Instagram handle, people? Are oh, Rich Dot Brim. Rich okay. Brim. Or cool. Road Trip Aotearoa. But I think if you go into Rich Dot Brim, then it'll you'll take find you it. to yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Are there young photographers, or are there other photographers in New Zealand that that you're kind of all over at the moment that you that you think are that we should be watching? Um, Anyone that springs to mind? I'll tell you who I do really like is Michael Farr, who's oh, yeah. been doing your, his, his work's great. Michael Farr, mm, yeah. okay. He did the video stuff. Yeah, he did it. your video. Yeah. Uh, I really like his work. Um, who else? Yeah, again, he has that talent of you don't know he's there, uh, yeah, and he's but then he clever. steps in and say, "Hey guys, why don't you do this? You know Ooh. what you do so good at too." Yeah. No, no, you he's know? he's really okay. good. Um, it's good to know. Who else do I follow? I should do a plug for the Photo Fest. Yeah. yeah. Tell us what's happening at um, Photo Fest. Well, I'm curating a show down at the Akina space. Yep. Um, which is, I'm calling it Private Collections. And Shane asked, said the space was available, do I want it? And I didn't really want to put a whole lot of my work up because i am probably done that quite a bit. And I didn't want to just go and grab stuff out of my studio and stuff that everyone's seen before. So I thought I'll do, I rang a few friends that have got really good 
photographic collections and I've just got a whole bunch of like I've got Arns Westra, um, Peter Perrier, Ava Seymour, Yvonne Todd I think, um, John O. Rotman's given me a piece, Derek Henderson, Deborah Smith um, and then locally I'm going to put Florence in, Florence is doing some work. Florence is great. Yeah Florence is great. Um, I've t- asked Michael to put a piece in uh, I'm probably going to miss people out here, but but I've I've just got a whole bunch of people to put work in. But when does it start? But, when does it start? Fifteenth uh, is when it starts. This open. Friday's the opening down at the main space, but I will be opening the doors down there on next Saturday. But it, it's it's the idea is to, oh, and I've got three photographers from Wellington. Um, one being Diane Stoppard, who does pinhole work, amazing. Sandy Conan, who's a was a portrait photographer, but sort of more contemporary now she's really good and Lara Gilks who's a ma- really amazing so it'll be a great show yeah. and, and, and also I collect photography myself so I've got Marty Friedlander um, I bought a Walker Evans mm. who's a, a US photographer from the 20s I Sue and I on our first trip overseas when I was youngish um, we went to Italy and there was a Walker Evans show and he's always been my he was my yeah. photographic hero was he from young and there was a Walker Evans show and they were selling prints there and it's just like whoa I've got to have one and so I spent all my spending money on this one print and we had six <laughs> weeks in Italy <laughs> with no money with no money and my wife hating me and and I w- had to walk around everywhere with this print because I was too scared to send it back because I didn't want to roll it or mm. and it's to this day it's my pride and joy and I'm putting that in the show too Oh, so yeah, awesome. so there's little and sort of works like that that have got a little bit of a story. But yeah. I, have to, I have to say about PhotoFest is you occasionally see things happen well, you've got in Michael town. Here, you? Yeah, 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 he's going to do some stuff. And we had mm-hmm. a woman last year who did more winery stuff from Paratua. But you never know what people come up. Oh, we're doing this thing or do that. It just shows like I don't know. I, you know, oh, I, I don't claim to know right. any. Well, you only have Rock Eye does a lot of work. Yeah, Rock Eye's done some oh, stuff over the years. Yeah. But I'm saying for events and, and, th- and, th- and things that go on in town, you don't know which one. But last year they did this photo fest. And we said, oh, okay, great. Yeah, put some photos up in the window. Every single day we had people all day just walking around Hastings looking yeah. at these photos. And then, and I thought, well, that worked. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> you know, so, well, honestly, Shane does an amazing job plugging it. I, I take my hat off to him. It's a cool thing to do. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, go around and look at some photos, you know, yeah. in pretty smallish area to do it, get it done. Yeah, and I think now, yeah. you know, the first couple probably need a little fine-tuning, not, not being critical, but now he's probably got a bit of direction with the way it's going, and he's got mm. some really good people involved. Like I can't out. wait. Yeah, I can't good. wait to see it. It's going yeah. to we'll get involved in it. So we're going to do a. I think we're going to do a closing drinks rather than an opening. Yeah. There's a big openings down here, and so I'll much good idea. know. Yeah, it's more your style anyway. You know <laughs> <what I mean>? <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the plan for the rest of your day, Rich? Um, what am I going to do? I'm going to go home and edit. I've got a meeting with Danny possibly this afternoon to talk about more doco stuff, and then tomorrow doing the Buck family and then driving to Taupo to pick up this collection of photography which is my friend Cathy and Chris from Replete they, they own it um, and they've got the best collection of photography 
and they really? are, oh unbelievable and topo. he yeah, and topo. Okay. he would have he's the biggest collector of white's aviation you remember the white's yeah, aviation I do. the hand colored yes. aerial photos he would have the biggest collection in new zealand no way so i'm hoping he sort of said just go through the house and pick what you want but I'm, I'm, if i can find a hawks bay scene i'll get that in too because brilliant and also i've got old photographs as well like old rp moore he did the panoramic big old panoramics from the turn of last century I've got two of those, and yeah, so, but I'm going to go through and see Chris tomorrow and pick so up. So, how many pieces in all do you think will be in well, this? Well, I haven't done a stock take, which is really disorganised for me, but I suspect <laughs> about 30, oh, maybe. Oh, great. But it'll be fairly much salon style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan's going to hang it for me from the gallery, Jonathan Brown, yeah. played for Jonathan, um, who's another buddy, so he's going to help me hang it, but I think it'll be a fairly salon style hang, so... Because um, yeah. not a lot of space down there, but thirty's not too hard. No, thirty yeah. will be great. Yeah, be good. Because it's got to be interesting, otherwise it's yeah. just yeah. Exciting. Yes. Very exciting. How are we going for time? Uh, hour twenty. Oh no! <laughs> it's all good. Going over. Yeah. Way over. over. Yeah, it's all good. No, it's good to start it. off with the first one. Yeah. Like that. This um, has been so lovely. Oh, that was great, Rich. And it, the weird thing is, is like, and I apologise for being a shit friend and not having contacted you for so long. Don't it's weird say, though because it just kind of feels like stuff going on and stuff. Yeah, but you know, it's like I'm really guilty of just going. Oh, people are always around always around she's you a know, busy girl he's just I feel in my head I have this kind of spatial uh, memory sort of dementia kind of thing where I go can't have been that long since we last spoke it was what like three years or something it probably is <laughs> my god so I do apologise good place to catch up then. Yeah, this is mm. a great place to catch up thank you yeah. so much for, um, for joining pleasure. us this has just been super delicious yeah, discussion fantastic yeah. Thanks. Hey, what do you think of Dan's Chardonnay? Oh, it's oh. always delicious, isn't it? Uh, this is the Testify. Oh, oh, and, um, that's a lot. Yeah, it's the brand new 2022. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a new release. Very, very bit of nice Tiwanga and Ohiti. We drank a bottle of that. With, um, I, for my sins, I hang out with Simon Gilbertson quite a bit. And we had a bottle of that not last week. Oh, probably the 21. Is it 20? I thought it was 22. Yeah. Maybe oh, 20. unless it was brand new. We released it last week. <laughs> Oh shit! No, he bought it. He got it from here. So oh, no, no, it was. Anyway, I cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Right. I got a drop left in there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Ripper. Sponsor. <laughs>